All right, good morning. What a glorious day here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Everybody doing great? Fantastical, right? <laughs> cool. Uh, today, we're going to go over uh, uh, fear in the Bible. Um, so, like pre-fall, Adam and Eve, they were created to have perfect communion with God. Then in the third chapter of Genesis, <coughs> Genesis 3, 7, 10, which I didn't put that in my notes. This is what happens. See, then their eyes were both opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and the wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord called to them, man, and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid. So... <clears throat> Adam and Eve trusted the serpent and began, began a mistrust and uh, created a wrongful fear of God. And uh, ever since that event, we have all struggled with fear in one way or another. Um, if you Google search how many times the Bible says fear, so I don't know if it's accurate or not, it says 365 days. 660, 365 days, so everybody says 365 times every day God says not fear again I don't know if that's accurate I'm not like my kids I don't believe what Google tells me a lot but that's what it says but I do know that scripture says that do not fear a lot uh, often very very often <clears throat> does anybody have any scripture verses memorized about fear I'd like to share one Amen. Right. So, the reason, I believe, I don't know, the reason why God tells us so many times not to fear um, is because when we start fearing things, and there's, there's a couple types of fear, and I'll go over that, but it takes our focus off Jesus, and we start focusing on something other than Jesus, and that creates fear or the other type of fear, which is anxiety. So, <clears throat> so when, I, when I thought of this, I thought of Hebrews 12, 2 through 3. Um, looking, at, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of <clears throat> the throne of God, Consider him who endured for sinners such hostility against him, so that you may not grow weary and faint-hearted. So again, like I said, it, it's that fear can take us off a path and not focusing on Christ. And uh, like I said, there's a lot of verses in the Bible about that. Um, Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. <clears throat> Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 46.1.3, 
God is our refuge and our strength, our very presence of help, a very present help in our troubles. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and the foam through the mountains tremble at the swelling. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not fear for be in dread of, or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you, I give to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid, Matthew 14, 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid, then Philippians 4, 4 through 8, rejoice in the Lord always, again, I will say rejoice, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And the last one that I came, looked at with Hebrews 13, 6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? So I would say fear is probably the number one marketed way to sell us stuff, to get us to buy things. Um, I'm from the Midwest, so uh, you guys, I watch the Weather Channel. The weather out here is always the same to me, so I don't really pay attention to it too much. But in Ohio, uh, the Weather Channel, there would be a storm, kind of snowstorm coming in. And so they would really play this up. And so everybody would just watch the Weather Channel nonstop, repeat the same thing over and over. There's a snowstorm, kind of snowstorm. Then I would go to the store, and all the bread would be gone. You know, they, they work on that fear of... <coughs> of doing uh, the weather, and I don't think we need to talk about toilet paper last year, right? Uh, everybody went through that. Um, fear is so prevalent in our society that even our seculars' friends have um, had an incredibly lucrative marketing scheme. Remember? No fear. Tattoos, hats, bandanas, no fear. Even, like I said, even they know that fear is a big deal, that it does drive us. Um, <clears throat> Jerry Seinfeld, one of my favorite comedians, had us a bit where he says, um, he goes, I saw research said that public speaking is the number one fear of anybody in America. Next is death. And then the punchline is, he says, so if you're at a funeral, you would rather be in the casket than given the eulogy. Seriously, like, fear is probably, I would say, probably one of our most primal emotions that we have. Um, that's our first sound when we come out of the womb. Come out of the womb screaming, 
right? It's, it's not happy, <laughs> not a happy cry. It's like, oh my gosh, why are you poking prod me? Where's this light come from? I'm not warm anymore. Where's the walls? And so that's, that's really our first emotion. Is I have seen three babies born myself, that would be mine, um, and that's what it, it said, they come out. First sound they make, they're wailing, getting poked and prodded. So, um, so we <laughs> move into like, a, you know, the fear of the Lord, the, a healthy fear of the Lord is reverence, afraid to be offended. We're afraid to offend a holy God. And how? Because we realize how, how forgiven we've been. Um, with that, and so we can have a, a fear of God over that. It's kind of like Psalm 134. But, <laughs> excuse me, there are two levels of fear. There's a healthy fear. This kind of fear is, uh, is a specific threat. You identify uh, that as something good, like your life or someone else's. Uh, it sums up all of your capacity to protect your life or somebody else's, right? So it, that's a healthy fear, a, health, a fear of self-preservation. <clears throat> so I think a good, I spent, I don't know, 20 years in the criminal justice system doing law enforcement, fun things and stuff. So I, I would, you would think I'd have a cool story about that, but I really don't. You know, you hear stories about people picking up cars when there's a train coming and stuff like that. Um, the one that really, that I experienced personally, comes to my mind is, was about 2006, we had just moved back to Ohio. And uh, me and my wife, Chris, we had three kids in four years, which is fun, um, until you get to college. Um, but... So our youngest, Greg, we were visiting a family in Ohio, and um, he was riding a tricycle. Remember those old red and white steel tricycles? There's no gears to them. They just you just do this. That's it. So the other two kids, they were riding bikes at that time. So I went down. Greg was riding this tricycle up here. So I go down to, the, to our car. I get out the, the, the bikes for the kids, and, and everybody's out there. And dumb me, I don't know why I wasn't thinking about this, but their driveway was kind of flat up here, and it's all concrete, and it goes straight down <laughs> into the road, right? And there's, there's not even a little, like, curb. It's like a big thing like this. It doesn't even flatten out. So we're all standing around in the street, because that's where the danger is, right? Standing around the street talking, and I look up, and here comes Greg, flying down, <laughs> like, <laughs> flying down this, this driveway, and it is all concrete. And so he starts going so fast, what's he do? He lifts up the, his feet so he goes any faster. And I can't explain it. I don't know what happened. I took off running, and right before he hit the lip, where he probably would have flipped over and, and busted his melon all over the road, I, I grabbed him. Right before that tricycle, goes, juu, 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 juu. My wife, unfortunately, didn't see this amazing <laughs> heroin act. But the, uh, our, fr our friend did, and she's like, I can't believe that just happened. I'm like, me either. How did this happen? Um, so that's like a, a healthy fear. So uh, scientifically, it's like and my autonomic nervous system was set into place by my fear, an enormous burst of physical energy and mental clarity that you can't explain, like uh, time standing still. I mean, literally, I thought I had five minutes to grab him. 
I just, I just I don't know where that came from. It was, I wish, <laughs> I'd have been cool if I had seen it, I guess, but it, it's just, it's that type of fear just kind of galvanizes you to action. And I don't know if Greg would be here that day if it wasn't for that healthy level of fear. But, um, you know, my friend was like, wow, I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, you know what, I, I couldn't do that ever again. I don't, know, I don't know what got me to do that except for that primal fear, that fear, that healthy fear of saving my baby, right? Um, so the second level of fear is anxiety. This is a little different. It's, it is a not, it's not specific. It's a generalized sort of undefined type of fear. It debilitates you. It makes you unable to act or make decisions. So your healthy fear is like, our healthy fear is like a call to action. Boom, right? Um, out here, we have those monsoons. Like you're standing there, and all of a sudden, you see the gray clouds, and then the wind picks up, and it rains really hard for about 10 minutes, and then the clouds go away, and the skies are blue. Well, that's, that's kind of like that healthy fear. That's, it's there, and it's gone. Anxiety's not like that. I grew up in the Midwest, so I'm going to say I'll give you another Midwest story. So, <laughs> so like, that anxiety, like, in the Midwest, or in the Pacific Northwest, I've never been there, but I'm assuming it's like this, you know, it's a, it's an anxiety where it's 40 degrees, it's overcast, it's raining, it's drizzling for four days, you know, and after a while, it's just draining to the soul, and you kind of start to mildew or mold. That's kind of what that second type of fear is, is that anxiety. You just You don't know where it comes from, but it's just draining. And it's that other one, it's a lot different, right? I mean, they make action movies out of the first type of fear, right? You see those all the time, but you don't see anybody making movies too much out of that drizzly, dull type of anxiety that, and none of us really want to address that, right? We want to we just be stoic, pound it down, and not really talk about it. But if you're dealing with something like that, it's always going to be there. So, seeds of that, okay. Yeah. No, it's called, well, in Ohio, it's called February. But, but anxiety is like a constant state of being scared, nervous. And there are consequences of that. Your automatic, autonomic nervous system is meant for short bursts, like those monsoons or Greg flying down a hill and me going over and grabbing him. Um, but that anxiety, that slow constant water drip type of anxiety you know it's it turns on your that's that immune system and it's not meant for that so if it's always engaged it's bad for you it's bad for you physically it's bad for you emotionally and mentally um they link you know hypertension high blood pressure insomnia things like that with that type of anxiety because your that immune system's always on 
and it's not supposed to be that way. So anxiety is like a deeper fear. It's a threat to our self, our identity, our security. Um, So, you know, we have to look at, like, where does this anxiety come from? So um, they can come from, like I said, you know, fears can be coming from uh, physical body, mind, spirit, um, external forces, things like that. Um, But it can be very debilitating. It can, you know, you have, you deal with anxiety long enough, you know, it's hard to get out of bed Um, physically. uh, I talked about before here with my back surgery and going through all that back pain that I had, that there were days where emotionally it was hard to get out of bed. Physically, it was really hard to get out of bed. I I just sit at the end of the bed, wait 15 minutes, stand up, and go ask Chris to put on my shoes because I couldn't put my shoes on because it was just uh, that pain. But what do you think that does to you emotionally when you're dealing with something like that? It is, like I said, that 40-degree overcast. Am I going to get any better, or is this it? So that can really drain on you. Um, and like I said, that's the, uh, the first one is like, you know, the first type of fear is a self-preservation, getting out of the way of a car, things like that. Um, that second one is, like I said, it's a, a different one, and, you know, nobody wants to talk about that. I love telling the story where I, like, grabbed Greg and saved his life, and I was a man for five minutes, even though no one else saw it. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, but who, who wants to talk about their anxiety of depression and, and dealing with that. It's, we want to just kind of push it down and, and not address it. And so <clears throat> has to be looked at it. That has to be looked at differently. And it also has to be looked at holistically. Um, like I said, body, mind, spirit, spiritual forces. Because there's many, many, many variables to this type of fear. Physiologically, you know, that thyroid gland that we never really think about too much, we always think about our heart, our kidneys, or, you know, things like that. That thyroid gland can wreak havoc on someone if it's not working properly. I don't know if you've ever had exposures with people with depression or some other things like that, but if their thyroid's not functioning right, it can cause a lot of problems, and you don't know where it's coming from. Now, who would think, oh, it's my gland that's causing me to, you know, have all this anxiety and things like that, where... You know, you, so that's what I mean. That there's a holistic approach when you're struggling with things like that. You go to a doctor, you get blood work done, make sure the thyroid is working right. Because if it's not, like I said, that can cause emotional problems, physical problems, um, mental problems, things like that you would just never think of. So, and if it goes untreated, um, like I said, it can wreak havoc in somebody's life, spiritually, emotionally, and situationally. Um, so there's other things like you know spiritual hey man um, there is a part (laughs) where you're like hey you know God tells us not to fear 365 times in the Bible so you know focusing on that not focusing on our fear of whatever's going on in our lives but focusing on Christ and (coughs) and that uh, verse I read in Hebrews 
you know, that was a big one for me. Uh, and you know, mine was a little bit. I said, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Um, and that can help, too. It could be situational. Uh, someone has a, um, a diagnosis that's not favorable. Um, they're in a relationship that's not favorable. Um, uh, <clears throat> You know, they could be dealing with, you know, a lost child, things like that. So those are situational things. But that type of emotion has to be dealt with um, in a, uh, like I said, a holistic way. You can't just throw the Bible at somebody and say, you know what, you're feeling this way. Because whenever I talk to somebody, I want someone to go away with hope. I don't want to give them a list and say, you know what, I know things are tough, but you need to do this, this, and this, and this. And they're going to walk away, well, that's why I'm like this, because I'm not doing, you know. So, but by giving people hope that, you know, there is a way out of this. And uh, most of the time it's fixing our eyes on Christ. Um, does anybody have any questions or comments or... Um, thinking about another type of fear, and it may be... A a subset of anxiety or whatever, but it, it's the f fear that enables us to discern danger. Um, help, helps us uh, discern or analyze a situation that may have some, may have a, a, a bit of danger involved in that. Right. I, I can remember when uh, my children were young and they would um, do some risky behavior and say, before you do something like that, you need to ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right. And if you can live with that, then go ahead and, and have fun. Yeah. But, but I said, a lot of times if you ask yourself that question, you'll think, wow, this could happen if I did that, and I, I couldn't live with that. And, and I said, it may be, t you know, t to your benefit to mm -hmm. do that kind of go through that thought process because I said when I was growing up a lot of times I did stuff with that with that going through that thought process right. and discerning the, yeah, I didn't the have possible that. danger <laughs> I didn't have that spidey sense either <laughs> jump in and go thank you but you know um, so like I said those those types of fears are very powerful and they can shut us down um, I guess there's been a lot of great boxers in our time, but I guess when I was, I, as a kid, Mike Tyson was, you know, the man back then. I've met Mike a couple times, but um, his, just his presence before he got in the ring, he, he won most fights before they even started because he had intimidated his opponent so much just by his presence that fear shut his opponents down really quickly. And, and that's, that's kind of what that fear can do to us. And, you know, um, and we have to be comforted through that fear. You know, anybody had a root canal? <laughs> my, my wife had one last year and uh, she was telling me that, uh, you know, it's very painful. I've never had one, but it's very painful. It's uncomfortable. There's a lot of anxiety before you do it. And uh, she said one of the coolest things that happened when she went to get her root canal was they put a little lap dog on her lap. And she said, you don't, you don't, you don't know how much that calmed me. 
and just being able to, to be calm. Because when you're calm, you can think a little bit better. You can, you can sit there and think about Scripture and what Scripture says about fear and what you're going through. Uh, but when you're in a fear in that moment, that anxiety, and you shut down, maybe that kind of, you don't see it. So you're focused more on that fear. Um, <clears throat> does anybody have any comments or questions or anything? Okay. Um, so next week, um, we're going to go over what do we do about it. Um, and that, that there's a lot of things that you can do about fear, anxiety. Um, but just remember, like I said, there's those two types of fears. Uh, it, and, I, and I put anxiety in that fear because it is a fear. It's a law of fear. It's, you know, this just something that's always in the back of your head. It's not that call to action type of fear. Um, and when you're dealing with those types of things, or like I said, if the physical parts of that, you know, sometimes you have to deal with the physical parts of, of things before you deal with the spiritual things. If someone's homeless, you know, uh, we got to get them shelter and stuff like that, and then start sharing scripture with them and things. Um, if uh, someone's in a domestic violence situation, you got to get them out of there, get them safe before you start dealing with the emotional, the anxiety, fear that ha that situation has caused. Did you have a question, Pam? much covered it but and when we lived in Mississippi you had the springtime rain lightning lighting up the room thunder rattling the windows and my girls were all preschool age just terrified so I'd keep going in and say God is with you he is bigger than the storm you know every, everything I could think of that was mighty and comforting about God and then like the third time they Mary said we know all that, but we are still scared. Right. And so, so, so it hit me. They needed God to have some skin on. So I just went and got in bed with them, and they were fine. Yeah. So you, that, that physical presence is very important in, in cases of mm -hmm. abuse. Yeah. Jesus in the garden, he was scared, yeah. right? Because he knew he was going to his tomb. By the way, I was in the cemetery, so. <laughs> I was by myself. Yeah. You know, yeah, Jesus was scared when he was going because he knew he was going to the tomb. And, but uh, God said, you know what? Focus on me. You're going to have to go through this, but you're going to be better on the other side. Yeah, Ed. <coughs> In situations like um, feeling stress, I take comfort from looking at the biblical example. I go to, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, where <clears throat> Paul talks about all the things he went through. And when you think about shipwrecks and uh, beatings and being in front of the Roman proconsul, whatever you face is nothing like what Paul did. And then also an example of David with Saul, you know, in, in pursuit, you know, trusting that God was there and looking at those examples again and again. Because <clears throat> that's what we need to hold on to, the examples in our faith of you know, those that have gone before and have, have been in very far worse adverse circumstances than we face and yet trusted in, in the Lord. Um, I think about what would my response have been to boat with Jesus and uh, probably would have had the same thing. You know, Lord, the water is coming over the gunwale. <laughs> you know, or don't you care that we're going to drown? You know, in that example, fear not for I'm with you. 
You know, like we used to, when we had uh, <coughs> VBS, I remember the kids used to love sing, sing be, be strong, be brave, the Lord your God is with you. So holding on to that at all times. You know, I confess that I watch and read too much news. And one of the things about me having um, been a futures trader in the commodity markets is the concept of risk and mitigating risk. And so my mind is always thinking about risk. You know, what? how do I prepare for this? How do I hedge myself? And uh, as of late, and maybe this is true of many of you, I have felt like our society is becoming much more dystopian. And I feel like there's this little black cloud following me around. And I'm, I'm doing what you're saying is like, man, I just got to keep my eyes on Jesus. But then I say, well, but do I need to be doing something? Do I need to, you know, take care of my... Uh, my retirement portfolio, or do I need to buy a generator, or do I need to stock up on ammo, or toilet you know, paper? Do I need to buy a 30 day supply of food, you know, for, for when, you know, the apocalypse happens? And I'm telling you, it's this little black cloud is wearing me out, Joe. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I was a cop, so as a police officer, anytime you go into any situation, there, you, you are already thinking of three ways how I can get out of this. And it's the same thing. Do I need to buy a bunch of toilet paper? Do I need to, you know? And so, it, and if we watch the news, it can fear. That fear can kind of drive us. Well, it is. And 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 honestly, this is why church is important and believers is important. It's that encouragement, that yeah. sense of hope, and it, it does allow us to refocus on Jesus. As if, um, if just for a second, just to take our our fears away and give us a sense of peace and um, right but because what what happens when we focus on the weather channel like <laughs> 1978 there's this another ohio story 1978 um you had this huge blizzard i mean like uh 150 year storm i remember sledding off our barn the the very top of our barn that's how much snow we the wind no it was nuts i d didn't go to school for like a month and a half i mean <clears throat> I mean, there was tunnels like 10 feet high going to our neighbor's house and stuff, you know. Well, we didn't have the weather channel back then. But now, if there's just a little bit of storm coming in, that marketing, they, they know, you know, if we can just really make you think this storm is significant and important, you're going to watch it, and then we can charge more for our advertising because we're going to have more people watching. And, and we, if we get focused on that so much... It can paralyze us to say, you know, I'm going to bunker in, you know. But um, I like your point about, you know, the, even though having that, that little dark cloud. Do you guys remember when the shutdown was over? <laughs> You're like, oh, no more masks. We can all go out and do stuff. And like, oh, it was great, wasn't it? Uh, I think uh, they did that in with the Spanish flu. They they threw a, a big par big parades after the Spanish. They said the Spanish flu was over, and then it came back because of the parade. But you know. Um, <laughs> But, 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 you know, last year when we're like, okay, no more masks, no more this, no more this, we're good. And it, it felt great, right? It was like, oh, man, we're kind of back to living again. And sometimes, like I said, that 
anxiety can suck the life out of you. And if you don't, if you're not focused on the right thing, it can continue to do that and cause a lot of problems with your relationships. Mark kind of stole some of my thunder for next week about being in community, but that's, you know, spot on. That's, you know, being in community, being encouraged. That's why we we come to church. So, okay, next week we're going to go over um, what do we really do about it. So does anybody have any questions or any other comments, Bob? Mm-hmm. I was pretty young, and uh, parents can't explain that to a, a child. You have to kind of put it in their terms. And so, I'm, I don't know who it was, if, whether it was mom or dad or aunt or uncle or whatever, they told me that they explained the thunder to me. They said, that's the angels in heaven bowling. Right. <laughs> and, and I thought, oh, okay, well, that must be okay because God's in charge. You know, he's... he's, yeah. he's in charge of this bowling match and and so but it was very helpful to me to put it in those terms because uh, if you have to kind of uh, put it in terms of the person that's fearful yeah. so they can understand that and 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 uh, it's difficult to reach a child sometimes but it worked for me anyway yeah. <laughs> and I can remember how I was calmed by that you know, that explanation that I know now is right. baloney, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, any of you guys have ever been in big storms like that? I think it actually kind of combines both those fears. It can be psychologically difficult. Um, Xenia, Ohio, and you know, uh, we had this huge tornado. F5 went through Xenia. Um, we didn't have a basement, so we just kind of stood outside and watched a funnel cloud go over. But I remember seeing the aftermath of that. We went and you drive around and see like there were cows in the trees and, and caught up in the power lines. Uh, it picked up the um, aluminum grain silos and just kind of tossed it like an aluminum can. My uh, uncle's neighbor was a, a snap-on tool guy, picked up his truck like a bread box and just threw it into the cornfield. So for three months we were picking up snap-on tools. <laughs> you know, they're everywhere. a lot with anxiety over the years and um, I think the other aspect of it is on one hand you struggle with the anxiety and then on the other hand you're struggling with the guilt of the fact that you have yeah, anxiety. Yeah, that anxiety can cause more anxiety. Right, because I like the posy girl, you know the truths um, but you can't grab hold of them and so then you're, you're just feeling guilty mm-hmm. that you're not applying those and so I f- often feel like I have the two burdens. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's all I got. So let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much to be able to be here and to be encouraged by one another. Um, we know that uh, fear is <laughs> kind of always before us, but uh, you are also always before us. And if we focus on you, that uh, we can get through things and be better for it on the other side. Uh, We just pray for Pastor Tim and his teaching today, um, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.